I'm Dustin Zahn, and this is Trainwrecks. Episode 50. It's some sort of milestone, but honestly, I'm just celebrating it peacefully on this episode. Uh, I think I'm more impressed that I've actually stuck more closely to the schedule in recent times than I probably ever have with the podcast. And naturally, it's because of you people, and I mean you people in the nicest way possible. Boys, girls, hens, whoever you are, whatever you're packing, whatever the angle of your dangle, it's all good with me. I just hope that you're still entertained with the series. If you like the show, share it with your friends, subscribe on iTunes, leave a review, all that good shit. Oh, and uh, by the way, uh, it recently was brought to my attention by someone who wrote into the show. Thank you for doing that. Um, the old episodes aren't necessarily showing up on iTunes. I think... Uh, Turns out it's some sort of an iTunes issue where it only wants to display the most recent 30 episodes within the podcast app. Uh, so if you are using the podcast app, you're kind of limited. Uh, but just be aware that you can always go to the official Trainwreck site, which is trainwreckspodcast.com, or to my SoundCloud slash Dustin Zahn, and uh, every single episode is archived there for, you know, download, streaming, whatever. Uh, and they'll always be there. Um, so, yeah, if you want more episodes, that's what you got to do. I have lots of great guests coming up on the future episodes here. But to be honest, I can't pronounce some of their names correctly just quite yet. So you have to stick around and see what happens. Uh, two quick plugs. My record with Joel Mall is out next week, March 20th, on Parable Records. It's our first collaboration in eight years, and I'll tell you right now, it's not the last. It's four deep cuts taking you into murky territory, also known as the Abyss. And when you're ready to come up for air, grab my new one on Devious One's Mistress Records. It's called Politics of Seduction, and it was recently included on his Fabric Mix as an exclusive track. Uh, this comes out on a little bit of a compilation series, which is three records and one digital pack. Uh, there's a bunch of great stuff on there, so get that wallet out, cash in the bitcoins, they aren't worth a damn anymore anyway, and, uh, get to some buy-in. Uh, like I said, it's available three times on vinyl and digitally, but only over at Bandcamp. Uh, just Google it, you'll find it right away. And hey, if you're curious about what these sound like and you don't know where to find them, check out my SoundCloud. Uh, I got everything streaming in full there, and they aren't going anywhere. So check it out. I just decided I'm going to do this next part like a YouTube announcer. Uh, here we go. Here's my impression. The last couple episodes were pretty messy. The amount of editing required was insane, but I thought they were a lot of fun. Today we're going deeper. We're getting serious. We're dropping some knowledge. Grab a pencil, because it's about to get crazy. This week's guest is a dude named Emmanuel. And don't forget to smash that fucking like button. That worked out all right. Anyway, uh, he's a producer and a DJ that's been around for a while now. He started blowing up once I brought him on board to my label, Enemy. And shortly after, he started his own label called Arts, which is a massive success at the moment. Uh, yeah, we both own record labels. I think he owns like five of them. So naturally, we spent a lot of time discussing what it means to run a label in 2018 and what we look for when it comes to demos. 
Emmanuel also did an album in the past year. It's called Rave Culture. We're going to discuss that album, and we're also going to have a hefty little talk about studio production and what it takes to put together records like those and all the other stuff he's making at the moment. So if you're a studio nerd, definitely stick around for the second half of the podcast. And speaking of production, you know, he was also the subject of a little bit of controversy a couple of years back. So we're going to talk about that and his path to redemption. Uh, we're leaving no stone unturned here. So enough of the chatter. Let's do this. Enjoy the show. All right, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's 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 finally we got we got a chance to get you in here. No, finally. So that's great. Uh, yeah, I just want to go through the usual little bit of everything today. So yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> we'll start at the Pretty beginning. Much. First of all, let's do the whole cheers thing, right? There you go. Cheers. Cheers, man. Right on. So. I guess your story, as far as first records go, is around 2008, right? Mm-hmm. Does that sound about right? Yeah, my first record was 2008. Okay, but, uh, I mean, how'd you get to that point, even? Um, yeah, I mean, that was my first record, but I started to make music, like, two years before that. Mm-hmm. And I I was really young, and I started to basically just use some softwares at the time. I didn't have money to buy any gear. At yeah. all, and the only way was simply just using the computer. And be, as I'm also a big nerd, I have learned how to use different softwares, and and I started to just make jams. Yeah, but I mean, uh, so I guess I should backtrack even a little bit more. At this point, I mean, like you, you're basically Italian. You yeah. spent the majority of your life there, but you kind yeah. of got a like uh you know parents from different parts of the world or whatever like were you moving around a lot or like when did you end up in italy what was the whole deal there well um i was born in greece and okay. uh, and then suddenly after four years and a half i moved to italy and then i grew up uh there in milano and um yeah and that's how i kind of uh, that's my movement let's say when i'm since um when i was a kid let's say Right on. And then, so around 2006, when you started messing around with music, were you going out to parties and stuff at that point, or were you just bored at home? Or No, well, I was pretty much always outside. I was always at clubs. I was always um, trying to go to different clubs. Milano has a lot of clubs, but in the same time, probably it was not what I wanted and I like it. Yeah. But... You know, it was a part of the experience just going around, and and that's how I basically kind of get to know to big sound system and and electronic music. I would say, and uh, I didn't even know what I was going to do in those clubs and whatever, yeah. <laughs> as usual. And I mean, so and then around two thousand, you said after a couple of years, got your first record release, right? Yeah, right. I mean, I think I started really early to make music, but then I did something right, I think, and uh, and that. Uh, thing was simply putting my music on MySpace at the time, and this thing was a, is a really strong was and still is uh, a kind of a really strong website. Where at the time, do you think MySpace still is? No, still is not. Sorry, oh, no, it was uh, though. You have time, to correct yeah. me, right? But like, yeah, it, it was a really good uh, and important, I think, uh, website where you can just put your music and there is a player and that's it. Which is really cool, I think. And uh, and at the time, there was no there was no SoundCloud. There was no other way to put out the music and show in a way. Yeah. And I put out just few of my tracks uh, there. And then actually, 
one track <laughs> and that track was really liked a lot by Shlomi Eber at the time mm-hmm. uh, he he kind of discovered me through yeah. MySpace yeah I saw that so um I mean, I guess I knew this before, but I I didn't hit the Discogs page today because you have so much stuff out. Yeah. And uh, but it was uh, I forgot that the first record came on B as one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you kind of had would you call it like not really a tech house period, but more of like a clubbier, funkier period in the mm-hmm. beginning. That and saved and one hundred percent pure labels like yeah, that. Definitely. I mean, I think at the time when I started, I didn't know exactly where I was going and what I wanted to do. And then suddenly, after some years where I did all those uh, kind of labels, I didn't do many labels, but uh, those labels that I did was really strong in the tech house scene, in a way. Yeah. It's also true that 100 Pure did a lot of good techno, so I was really attracted by that too. But of course, at the time, they was going really strong with tech house. Mm, I honestly didn't know exactly what I was doing, I have to be honest. Nobody uh, does that early on. I mean, very few, yeah. I absolutely didn't know, um, and yeah, and I think that was kind of, of course. But you see, if you see the other side of the coin, you see that basically this guy is doing something chachi, I guess, at the time. But for me, it was not that. For me, it was like, oh, I do something that I like, mm-hmm. simply. And yeah, it happened to be yeah. close to tech house. But I, I miss that sort of that innocence, though. Like uh, I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago, and. Uh, you know, they were saying like, now that I'm, I know this music well enough, mm. uh, I'm starting to develop not ju- a judgmental attitude, but your taste. And like, it's not all fun and games anymore. You start mm. to be like, I'm not going to that party or I'm not listening to this. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. you starting, which is also exciting to develop your own opinions totally. and taste. But I like being, I miss that time of just being enamored by everything. Yeah, yeah. You know? I think it's magical in a way, because like how I grew up, I grew up, in Milano where surely there was a lot of stuff going on musically but for me um, and and for what I was doing there was nothing almost for like uh, talking about club scene maybe there there was a lot of good house going on at the time like many clubs was doing that but there was not like maybe the environment where I was happy to listen to some music or listen to some DJs all the time you know like other people I guess Mm, and yeah, and then that's how I, I want to say that it's beautiful that um, that was like still together with us. The fact that we can just simply not think about labeling stuff and totally, yeah, you know, like and uh, you know, so after that kind of uh, well, I guess it was still a little bit early on, but in that period, you you went into darker territory and a little bit more, would you say, focused. Uh, on my label, Enemy, mm-hmm. 2013 mm-hmm. with Limits. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, it seems like then that's kind of where your direction sort of solidified and it's kind of kept a pretty steady uh, finger on the techno pulse since then. Mm, yeah, looks, For the most part, you know? Looks like, yeah. I, I just, again, and still when, when, when you came into my life uh, and enemy came to my life i think i was already kind of uh, evolved not so much in a way but i was like understanding i was starting yeah. starting to really understand what wh- what i was doing where i was what was the group of mm-hmm. genre you know what you and and then is where i completely started to realize okay i'm actually doing something for techno and i'm mm-hmm. actually doing techno and and I don't want. I don't want to lie. I think it, 
at that moment I really realized, oh yeah, I can actually mm, develop something out of this, and that's how I really started to also with you with the, with your you know feedbacks and and yeah. everything. You know, I, I grew up, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I definitely noticed the the uh, progression, and the other part of it is that you know everybody kind of goes to that period. In fact. It's come up a couple times, or I get I let people write into the show, and one of the questions that I've heard a couple times now is like, "How do you know when you're you've found like your sound, mm-hmm. so to speak?" Yeah. And I guess around that period was when it started to sort of form for you, realize yeah. like what. Um, I mean, I guess that's a vague question. Like, how do you know when you found it? Like, did you realize at the time, like, you know what, I think this is finally it, or were you relieved, or what was that feeling like? Mm-hmm. I think the the biggest part there is um, like loving what you do and what you play in a way. Sure, yeah. like you know, like when that's the easy part of yeah, saying right. it, though. But yeah, right, uh, yeah, totally. But okay, let's talk about then the, the the music approach. Like maybe the music approach, you don't, you just be, you have influences and stuff. But in the same time, you want to build something, and it's really hard to explain when you are exactly sure that you're doing something that you think, okay, yeah, this is what I want to do for one year, two years, three years, or forever. <laughs> so yeah. it's really hard, you know, I, I think, to, to, to say when. But of course, you realize, if you watch back a little bit, you, you, you can see that you your music actually changed on a certain direction. And then you're like, yeah, actually, I'm doing fine. I really like this. And I think mm-hmm. the best way is to look back like look back and say, yeah, actually, yeah, I did really well in these years, and I created something that I'm really proud of. You know, yeah, and, definitely. You know, aside the fact that you will be always proud of what you do, but maybe no. <laughs> I mean, I, well, I don't know. I have some records. I wouldn't say that I'm proud of them. I, I, there's no record that I absolutely despise, but there's somewhere I'm like. That probably didn't need to come out. That's but what I mean. Everybody you know, has that. That's, to, yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. But if you have something like, like let's say, let's take an album for example, like for you to like you take an album and you, if you listen to the album back after a few years or after some time, you have some emotions where those emotions on that point is like, oh yeah, I'm pretty proud. Like yeah, yeah of course, it's cool. You know, I, it I stands think, the test of time. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's a good, it's a good, you know, record. Speaking of Elms, you did your first one in 2012, mm. and then you did one recently, was it this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the past mm-hmm. year, called Brave Culture, Yeah, and uh, self-released. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about that quickly? Um, mm. Well, this was my actual... I know, I know you wanted to do an album for a while. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. I always told you had you. like f- yeah. five different versions, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I always told you, and I showed you. I think a lot of music telling you that I wanted to make an album, long time ago. But um, you know, there's always a, 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 the moment, the right moment to realize and also select what you want to do and actually the direction of actually the painting. I want to say in a way mm. because you you put some colors and you're not happy about it, or maybe you just do everything you in a small amount of time and you're not happy now. So mm-hmm. you keep working until you find a way and you're like, hey, probably this is the moment to actually finish everything in the last month and just do it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. But is that what it came down to? You're just like, you know what, I think this is it and you went for it? Or was there kind of like a social climate or something where you're like, mm, this perfectly is exactly what I want to do right now? Well, the, the title indicate a lot. 
of the um, in a way the, the process of what i did because rave culture for me is just uh, an, an lp where i just did is like an experience for me mm-hmm. though all those tracks you you will find they maybe you know they are all kind of connected to some certain moment of my life in that in those years you know mm-hmm. before the album of course and the, the, yeah and that's what is about i think the album this is how i kind of did many gigs and i was going and trying the records fixing the mix downs mm-hmm. and 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 going back to the next one sometimes waiting a lot because yeah. i had to wait to the next gig and totally <laughs> it's i mean it's a pretty aggressive record in my opinion mm-hmm. um, thank you <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean like uh I mean, you know what was there a point like how did you arrive at the at the decision that you're like i want this to be an aggressive record well, that's a nice question well i i don't i never thought about uh well this is, this is a strong record uh, like aggressive record as you say um or i never real i never yeah. no for me it was just completely normal because my goal was exactly just represent my experience through those um you know raves and put it in the lp and yeah. this is what it was like literally and um yeah i didn't thought about aggressive non-aggressive i just thought about okay this this, this is what uh you know like the the meaning of the music is basically connected to the parties and mm-hmm. the raves and um probably was really aggressive i think yeah. <laughs> in that sense you know i think i did a lot of raves so yeah i think that that's why it's kind of um strong right on power yeah i mean because i don't well first of all i don't have a an album necessarily even started so i can't even say that there's one finished but i kind of know because i you know after i did my last one hmm. uh i really liked the idea of working on a project rather than just making tracks and hopefully you can put together a single or something like that yeah, which so most uh, people does so you approach it that way like you you just um I mean, like, there's there's times where, like, my last record that I did for Enemy Ascension, hmm. that had a theme. Hmm. Um, it was it had to be all stuff that I... Those were actually all just live jams that hmm. I kind of made into proper tracks. Yeah, that was cool. And, um, but, I mean, a lot of times I'm just jamming stuff out in the studio, and whatever comes out on a record comes out on a record. Okay, that's, often, that's what you... Yeah, and oftentimes for. you find that... It's well, really for natural. me for you what's that it's really natural for you like yeah really... yeah but i guess what i'm getting at is like maybe if you have a really good week and you make let's say four tracks mm. two of those might end up on the record mm. or three of them and so yeah. it's like even though they weren't really written with the idea of being on a record they just end up being on the record yeah because they, there was a good yeah. moment probably that was a but um so you know looking at an album it's like well where do you want to go from here mm. i did the big room techno club album yeah. thing i yeah. just got it I, I did it it's out of my system was blast, yeah. but i was like well and you know i actually tried to do an album let's see it was in october last year in 2016 mm. i guess it's 2018 now mm-hmm. so but i mean like i did five or six tracks and they were good and like i'll tell you what if i would have did three or four more mm. i would have had a decent follow-up and i could have had a tour out of it but it was just like kind of a continuation mm-hmm. it's nothing special but so so you never thought about um just thinking first about uh like the output and then like you know like the image of whatever or the sound exactly that you wanted to do well i was just like let's get in the studio and experiment and then i did that let's see what happens yeah. and see what happens and i got a nice 
like collection of tracks together and maybe because they're new i don't know but i'm just like this is a good collection of tracks do i have an album in my hands boy and yeah. i could have yeah but I mean, it wasn't good enough in my opinion so um the next question was well what what do i want to do next yeah. and i'm always kind of pivoting to the opposite direction so i said well if i'm going to do a club album the next one should be a bit more well not as like i'm not focused with keeping kids on the dance floor i agree i'm not yeah. worried if people go right to the bar i definitely agree so you know the, i know the idea for the next album and it's going to be much more challenging yeah. than my other stuff i don't want to say in general because there's yeah. you know people out there like ben frost and all these guys that are much more i'm really happy when you say that to be honest because i think that a lot of people should discover the lot of there you have a lot of sides musically and i think a lot mm -hmm. of people should discover that because you're good in that and i think yeah. that you know when you make like a banging album um you can call banging album even my one <laughs> because your album's pretty banging. fucking bang yeah <laughs> yeah but um but in the same time i want to say that it's, it's good to also say hey I have other things that I want to show mm -hmm. and um, and I don't have to even think about maybe dealing with doing another name. I just want to be, you know, I just want to. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, in the same, in my position too, I like to change names sometimes and, and I did a lot of times and I still do it. Yeah. Uh, maybe people don't even don't know. No, we're going to get into that. We'll, yeah. we'll get there. Aside, yeah. But no, this is worth bringing up because here's the deal. Aliases is... A big topic some people write in the show asking various things about it in the industry people like i don't know do i start something new basically what i feel like these days is everybody just starts a new alias when they mm -hmm. either a aren't sure of something and they don't want to take credit right away and then they take credit when it's successful mm -hmm. or b another very valid reason is uh that what you have to do is separate yourself from your other projects so you you can be judged completely with the new you know identity definitely. you know what i mean definitely but I, I also... that's a shame that you have to do that though yeah but at, let's put it this way the beatles were able to reinvent themselves album after album and it worked but as far as like popular music goes rock bands hip-hop or whatever it doesn't, you can't jump around so much. I guess Kanye was able to do it, but like in techno, especially back in the day, you could do in, a little bit more experimentalism. I think, but yeah. Back in the day, there was a now. way. No. N now is really, everything is really solid, I think. Like everything has a path. And, and especially, where, this is where I wanted to go when you were speaking about this. And like when you were saying, yeah, uh, you're, you're inventing another name when you know a or b but i also think there's c which is uh well i can't put out this with my actual name yeah. and this is kind of scary because i think not everybody is able because they have a profile whatever it is and i think that um I don't care, honestly. I think that it's really good to put out what you feel, um, showing a little bit that you have a lot of, like, let's say, let them understand that you have more in your bag, you know, and then without saying, yeah. you know, that's what I do and then this is what I will yeah. do for four years or something. Yeah, it's a shame because a, a lot of people enjoy, every well, almost everybody enjoys music, but... Are there? I don't know if there's many music fans, like true fans, because like if <laughs> if you're like a diehard techno head and you're listening to this show, for example, 
uh, then you're probably willing to listen to the range that either myself or Emmanuel has. <laughs> yeah. But then there's some people where they're just like, I don't want to fucking hear you play chords or melodies. I know you can bang it. I came here. I want my 20 bucks worth. You know what I'm saying? Of course. Of and course. that makes sense, too. I don't want to hear fucking Dr. Dre One, pick up a guitar. 100%. You know? 100%. So there, there's, I see the side. I see both sides. But yeah. I, as a person, appreciate diversity, you know, and range yeah, and whatnot. Yeah, but what I, what I want to say is that, as you said, I don't want to hear this guy doing that other thing. And it's completely understandable. It's completely exactly. I but agree. but there's the thing. I think many of us are doing love techno for a reason, mm-hmm. and you have your reason, I have mine. And I think one of the common reason is that the cool thing about techno is that there is a lot of things inside, mm-hmm. and this means that you actually can you can do that. Not yeah. of course not uh, night and day, uh, but uh, you can um, evolve yourself exactly like a painter. Yeah. Like if a painter changed from one day to another, of course you he will have everybody on him when he was three really successful. But he actually showing that you want to actually do something else, and I think that's pretty cool in a, an artistic sure. aspect. On the other aspect, you're correct. If yeah. uh, of course, like because like, people want to have uh, a certain product, and uh, exactly, you know what I mean. I yeah. I can't really fault either either way of doing it, but it's just kind of. You know, if you do, do you remember John Peel? Mm-hmm. You know, he was one of these guys that was a, celebrated for being having this like super diverse ear, but you just like you knew whatever he kind of put a stamp on was going to be credible. Yeah. yeah, and it might be a surgeon record, yeah. it might be a fucking beak record. You don't know what it's going to be. It's going to be all over the place, multiple genres. I think it's really cool. <laughs> and honestly, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, when when you look at people who have become legends in their genres, whether mm. it's techno and house or drum and bass or even hip-hop, whatever, the people who kind of stand out at the top are the ones that have been able to transcend that problem and just kind of show their um, their full range over time yeah. somehow. You know what I mean? I think, yeah. I mean, the, the evolution of an artist is is, uh, is really attached to the to his knowledge to, to change the what, how he feels. And of course, this doesn't mean that every day you need to do something different or just because you are like that. No. You need to follow, of course, a path. Like, mm-hmm. every each of us has a path to, every musician, I think, has a path to just um, do what he feels, but in the same time also program maybe because it's really important. I think um, exactly like sometimes like if I want to talk about my experience, I I was exactly as you were saying, you was in around tech chows and and yeah, of course, but I didn't know where I was going and and when I realized I was in from tech chows, I was in techno suddenly. Man, I had a tech house period. There's nothing. There was in no. I'm early, just saying. Yeah. No, I'm really proud for everything. Yeah, I, I yeah. think because that was just the evolution of what I was. I wanted to do honestly, and and for me, it was simply all about just uh, going with the flow, uh, literally. And uh, still now, I'm doing it. I think, and and I think a lot of people come to me and tell me why you do this kind of record. And why this is more melodic and why this... I don't know. I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. I just think that I like those things and I play those things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I want to release them too. So let's let's put this in terms of 
you and your taste right now, not what reflects a scene. It's now 2018. What is techno for you in 2018? Like, what do you think is... Okay, let's make this a two-parter. What do you think is popular and what's working? And, like, who is around maybe... doesn't have to be new or it doesn't have to be a legend, but just someone that you just, like, you think is really kind of... Uh, a, a really important part for techno right now. Mm. You mean like artists or CDs, anything? No, I w- I would say more like artists, DJs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I think techno has a beautiful moment. I think 2018, uh, in general, like musically, um, and talking about records and talking about uh, the, the parties and everything. I don't want to go there, but I want to say that in general, techno is really healthy and it's going well on the surface. Yeah, yeah. I want to. What I want to say is that it's healthy because because techno is like now really, really popular, even way more popular than the, than the past. I think um, it's, it's yeah. I think it's it, in a bubble that's about to pop if it hasn't yeah. already. But one hundred go on. Yeah, it will, of course it will always go on, but in the same time, it's everywhere. So this is something that for us is really good, but I don't know how much will be good and for how long. Yeah. So this is what um, I can say. I'm talking about music and artists that say you were divided this in, in two, right? So uh, I think like who is doing, what was the first part, sorry? I guess like, I mean, when you think of techno in 2017 or 2018, what do you think of? Is it for you like beating industrial stuff? Is it the sort of trancey uh, inspirational thing or is it still like classic Detroit okay, stuff? Now, you know got, what I mean? I like, got you now. Um, I think that... Um, 2017 was really strong in the last part too for industrial and uh, and I think the industrial is a big word. Well, it's a a, I would say big. it's a bad word to use, but I think yeah. I know what you're saying. Like, but this kind of but tougher, yeah. we understand rougher, each other. Like, who's rock listening? kids listening to techno type vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's put I, it that way. Yeah, exactly. And I think that is more um, more close to what we want to talk about. Um, that kind of genre, which is a strong. Uh, you know, pounding genre, and there is also many other genres that kind of get close, like the you know the ARP thing together with big kick drums uh, and really industrial feelings, and uh, all of that. It it came back like strongly, and uh, and and kind of took all over the place, and uh, and it's good, it's fine. But you keep your finger on the pulse. Why why would you say that came back? Is it just like young kids partying again, or are they? Well, no, yeah. the genre. Like the the thing is, the genre was always there. But I know for a fact, uh, especially when I re- released some, some some music that is really close to that, um, that at the time that genre was not in like in the sellings, was not yeah. considered. It was not it even was in the hot. parties. If uh. you was talking about let's make a really strong pounding party for eight, twelve, fourteen whatever hours, mm-hmm. nobody was coming to. Nobody was doing that. Nobody. And now. No, you can do that. And you can have a lot of people that comes and a lot of people that loves it, a lot of people that knows precisely every name of the songs that are mm-hmm. going on and stuff like that. So, yeah, it came back in a way because that kind of, that genre, which is a big kind of circle, but uh, was always there, was always mm-hmm. there. Just evolved it in a way that now is more simplistic, you know. You know? And I don't want to say bad things. yeah. I mean, I have this theory that, like, those kind of tracks, 
uh, I guess people are wondering, like, maybe what the hell we're talking about. But I would say, like... Hmm. Um, Let's talk about artists, I guess. We can maybe... I sure. Um, I can that's a thing where it's like, either yeah, say wanna... say something funny, and then you, you can say something funny, because it's like <laughs> you have to think about it. Or if yeah, you go exactly. through a couple tracks on your phone, like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, now I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess what I'm saying is, is like, the, the like uh, Keith Carnell is a, is a good example of a guy that's, like, got a really solid basis, and then you got these, like, very, like, big room, simple, dialed-in yeah. melodies and atmospherics, yeah. and... I think I have a theory that that kind of stuff really stands out in techno these days because there's so much of this like monotonous drum track or modular stuff that yeah. they'll play for uh, one hour, but in that one hour they'll drop one or two of these yeah. big tracks, and then it stands out because it's the most dramatic. One hundred percent, and this is exactly what happened. Like Keith has a lot of uh, luck in, and also got a lot of work. But he has a lot of luck because he kind of came to, in the right moment where um, that's another good point in, in, in the music uh, scene, in the techno scene, where this kind of simplistic, minimalistic, uh, tooly tracks, but it's not stopping there. I think he kind of introduced something more, some dramatic, as you said, an emotional yeah. part to the track that uh, is really simple, but it's super effective. And this is why... Everybody and most of the big DJs we know, or even the small and whatever, they are supporting it and they are playing it, as you exactly said. Mm -hmm. They use like one or two tracks just to simply change and, and you know, in a better, I think, emotional way, the set. Yeah. And works all the time, I think. And I guess this is a good segue. Basically, um, you have a couple labels. If not more, uh, yeah. I'm hard to keep. It's hard to keep track of everything you do. A lot of stuff. Yeah. But the main label, which will go into all this, is Arts, and yeah. Arts really, uh, it's been around for what three years now? Five. Now, now it's going for five this, wow. this year, but okay. it's four. Well, congrats, yeah. four or five. You're going in your fifth year. Yeah. Um, but the label has always kind of kept its finger on the pulse as far as like with the youth and whatnot and you, you've yeah. released a bunch of those records you got some of keith out and whatnot yeah. um let's talk about being a label owner in this year it's cool are you cool with that yeah of course okay uh so, first of all you got a lot of records out that's a lot of work yeah. not just your own stuff but i mean for all the labels yeah for all the guys there's a lot yeah there's around 20 or even more records per year um in vinyl yeah and with art, well, first let me let's do the due diligence. You have arts and dark matter ink. Those are the two, yeah, labels that, are the, th the, that you oversee more or less. Yeah, yeah. Dark matter is for yourself. Yeah, it's only for myself. It's okay. for my own music. So let's let's talk about arts for right now. Yeah. And there's a lot of offshoots. I mean, <laughs> the ones that I have written down let's are do Arts this. Collective, Arts Digital Series, Arts Limited. Arts Transparent, Arts Core, and technically Eva, which is Enemy versus Arts. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. It's so up. split up. Uh, why and what's the difference? That's a nice question. Um, I see arts as a, a big tree. And in this tree, there are a lot of different arms. And uh, all those little sides, like you see, they are all part of the same tree. And... Um, there is no difference. It's not a 
we have to tag it as a sub label mm-hmm. of a sub label but it's not for me for me everything is is in one place and it's one tree with all those arms and all those arms are the side of the label because i wanted to divide the look okay of the records and um and I wanted to divide a little bit of space, exactly like a garden, and give the space to this artist to express himself in this path. Maybe so, he will jump to so another So it's one. all the same network. Like it if is. someone puts out a record with you, they're going to get the same treatment as any of the other Every labels, t- and it's all basically one ecosystem, so exactly. to speak. There is no... Everything is traded in the same way, and everything is traded for, for give the best result. Uh, talking about uh, the production and uh, the quality of the record. Yeah, because I know every label, it's really hard to start a label and yeah. like to make costs and everything. And these days, it's like becoming a well-oiled machine. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a big difference from the beginning. You know? yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, if I want to talk about my start, the, the my start was really... Um, I had to think really wisely where I yeah. wanted to go and uh, and how I wanted to make it look, who was joining and who was not, and, and stuff like that. So for me, this, the beginning was with... The, some people start with a bunch of money. Some people start because they are they are just uh, probably depressed by the scene because they can't see, sign their records around. So they are like, hey, I got to save some money and start it. Mm-hmm. For me, it was more of um, I wanted to. I always had this in, in my mind. I have to say, when since I'm, I was really young, I always thought about well, I that think you wanted I had, to start a record label, or just start something like this. No, well, I always had in my mind when I was looking to records, like labels, and yeah. when I was going to sh- to the shop, I, I always thought I want a label. Okay, and. That's my answer. I can't say, you know, I just I just always wanted to do it. And and I found a way without not much money, I think. And I started really slowly and, 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 and it started to, it was a boom. It was a just shocking boom. And and everything just get together. And I was prepared, I have to say. This is why kind of, you know, a reason mm-hmm. why it's working well for everybody of us, I think. Yeah. Um, I, because that's what I can say. Because if we think about, oh... I'm not a, so much a big name. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a guy that everybody knows. If you go out there and you just talk about me, maybe in Berlin, but not in uh, yeah. cities, absolutely. Uh, I still, uh, it's a beautiful thing. I still have, still, <laughs> so funny to say still, but I have people that come to me and say, who the fuck are you? And that's great. That's I love it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, you know, for what I want to say is that I didn't have this big profile where I go out and I say, hey, that's uh, Mr. X. Uh, we I have a my label coming out and everybody know it. No, yeah, I yeah. had to work my ass off to find the right guys yeah. and all of that. So I think um, that's how I started, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think um, in everybody can do that actually. Yeah, it's just about kind of knowledge and kind of prepare yourself to to yeah. moments. You know, having a record label is a you know it really well is a really harsh thing to do. You dedicate all Fuck, your time. Man. It's a lot harder than I expected it to be. I mean, you know, my first label was not Enemy. It was Abiotic. I did it with my partner, Ian. And when we started a label, um, the idea for it was a 2000. And um, it's all good. In 2000. And, uh, 
you know, at this point, we decided that we were just going to, we had to start a label because we, we we thought it would be cool, first of all, to see our little name spinning around US, on right? the sticker. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and there was no digital shit at this point. No. So we're just like, not. oh, it'd be cool to see our when names. When did you start that? Sorry if I Well, we, we, we started forming the idea in 2000. Okay. And I, I want to say it was 2001 that the first record came wow. out. I remember. We did seven. There was supposed to be eight. And, um, yeah, I mean, we, we didn't expect to do anything beyond, like, one or two records. Mm. We just thought it'd be cool to give to our friends around town. Okay, like, that was who, the idea. Who the fuck would want anything to do with us in Europe or anything, you know? Like, it was such uh, a small scope at the time. Yeah. And it wasn't even a defeatist attitude. We just figured... You were super young, too. You know? Yeah, yeah. We, we we only saw in the terms of, like, Wisconsin or this regional mm-hmm. area or, you know, mm-hmm. like, we didn't expect... These days, a lot of kids do tracks because they expect to get bookings and shit. It happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like... <laughs> I mean... But fuck, man. That wasn't the, time, that no. wasn't the idea back no, then. No. And then, of course, we ran that label on the ground. And Enemy Now, I've done a good job with, arguably, but... Uh, man, it's a long time. Right? Even with I, I do a fraction of the records you do. I think I've done in uh, one year, or I mean, in the entire career, what you've done in in two years with the label. <laughs> I think it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it doesn't. You know like, I, mean? I think it doesn't matter. It's just because, like, I think is um, the record label uh, is really um, an image of uh, of the, per- pe- the people or the person behind. I really think it's like that because, like. Sometimes you have the luck to to have time to dedicate yourself, yeah. and sometimes you don't have that luck for many reasons, for personal life, for many reasons. And I think running a label in this way, and you, and again, I tell you, even though you make the half of what I do as a record label, doesn't matter much because if we want to no, take, doesn't matter at all. You want to take our labels like Token and many others that they actually do. A, a, a great, they do a, a good decent amount. Right, exactly. Yeah. A good right number of records mm-hmm. because those are, for me, is the right number in a way. Totally. I do too much, of course, but I have the luck to be able to do that. I'm, I yeah. have the luck to just, can I can go on and it works. Do you have any idea how many releases you have out to this point? Totally, around one, more than 100 for sure, but I don't yeah. know exactly. I think... I don't know exactly because I'm always looking forward and I know we did like many more for the next year. So I think around more than 100, let's say. So would you say that the label takes up more time in your week than anything else? 100%. (laughs) There is nothing else that takes so much time for me. And um, that's good though. I think it shows. I mean, a lot of people. But I make music too, as you do. Yeah. And some of it's good too. Yeah. some, Some stuff is good, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I'm like. You have to also divide your time in, in you know, in many aspects. Sure. And let's not leave out the personal time, uh, you know. Oh, I know. I'm right? still learning the time management Exactly, thing, exactly. Know? And you know what I mean. And for, is it, you dedicate. You yeah. dedicate a lot of time to do those things. Do you think you can keep up the uh, schedule as far as, like, how many releases you're doing or... I'm really trying to go with the flow. I'm trying mm-hmm. to understand, learn every process make it better um and because i want to make it bigger and wider but also this doesn't mean that i want to do oh my god so many records all the time that i don't if this happens it's because everything is going really really well Mm -hmm. and this is the only reason it's not because i am a maniac that i want to do so many records i have to be honest 
I was really scared when I when everything started to go really well, and when I saw a lot of numbers coming back, and and that was for me really kind of um, was shocking at the same time. And I had to be prepared because what do you do when you have so much good numbers, and then you always have to deliver the pressure, yeah. right? So you need to make good records. You need to, and I'm really lucky because I think I always I'm really surrounded. Yeah. You are the first guy that that kind of gave me a lot of you know, energy, inspiration to, to do this, I think, in a way. And all the people that work for ours, I think they are doing really well. Mm-hmm. And this is why it's working so well, I think. Right on. Basically, um, I mean, I think it just, it it's obvious that when it comes to, uh, let's say, because the label has some success, should I pack another one up here? Yep. Because the label has so... You know, it has a lot of credibility to it. There's a lot of diversity to the label, um, yeah. and it's it's evident that that takes a lot of work to build something like that up. You know, it's because a lot of labels they put out a record every two weeks, yeah. and they nobody's playing their shit. Yeah, definitely. But, I think yeah. You know, you uh, they're playing arts a lot, and younger kids they want to release on it and stuff. And I think it's because. You're working your ass off, basically. Yeah. Whether whether people like the music or not, you're you're putting in the they time. They can see that, yeah. I think, and this is this is really important. It took me some time to have that because in the beginning was about, oh, I like this record, I like this one, and I. But slowly, you know, every kind of uh, good output that you see outside, uh, you can just say that is you like it or you don't like it. But what you can really actually say also is that this. Um, label this whatever it is is working really well because you can see the results and you can see that even though maybe you don't like everything that is coming out actually they are doing a good job so luckily this is working for me so i mean for me for the label so So that that's how you that's how you kind of combat the riding that fine line towards maintaining the credibility but also trying new things or Putting out something that maybe is a little bit more shameless or something like that. Well, shameless. I, I don't know. I think shameless meaning like you know it's a fun party record. You're not trying to be a, an elite guy or something this time around. I got you. I think. Sorry. I think that um, the the I, I don't have any um, like I don't want to divide everything every time and say yo I'm doing like. Um, um, danceable techno, listenable techno, romantic techno, strong techno. I don't, that's not the point. Like for me, it's more about kind of, um, uh, let's say, I always consider labor as a, as a garden. And it's really simple to, to, to explain this because if you see the garden, you want to grow different kind of uh, flowers or different kind of plants or different kind of trees, different kind of fruit. So I see this in this way. So there is the guy that probably is making really simple simple things and and maybe they're more club orientated and there are other people that are doing really mm, way more let's say complicated things uh, like for example there is a of course there's a big difference from a guy like Kit Karnal or uh, Ask for example ASG and it's really widely different but what is in common is that the the the, the, the the sound, the taste, the, the, the you quality know, is there, the quality, regardless you know. of what it is. You will play Kit Kana in a situation, and you will play ASG in another situation that you want to do. So I think yeah. that's the that's the goal for me, you know. And always trying to be mm, to give the tool, the right, hopefully the right tools for the people. 
What What's the most difficult part of running the label for you? The most difficult. Or let's say the most annoying, because there can be a lot of difficulties. Like, is yeah, it... there's, a, there's a lot. Um, one of the most annoying, I think, is about just running for the people. Yeah. And I, have... I, I hate chasing people down. Right. I don't do it anymore. You know, you, we know, you know, you know it. And uh, I think all the all many other people that have uh, labels can understand that. Um, but what this means is that um, it's really hard to just um, when you have a label, you need to stay close to the people that are working with you. You gotta and ride their ass a bit. You wanna slap their ass. They wanna you wanna call you know you wanna call them. You wanna know how it's going their lives. How how everything it is because it's like sometimes for me personally, it's not like. It's not only job or friends. It's like, it's a kind of a mix. Yeah. Because I really tend to work really well with people that becomes really good friends of mine. Yeah. Really, like, simply easy as that. And this is why it's working so well, because we are tight. We we yeah. talk to each other. But again, the annoying part is that you need to go always back like a big brother or a father, whatever it is, that you want to go and say, hey, you gotta do this because you, if you wanna, if we wanna do something better, we we have to keep working and 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 you know you mm-hmm. have to chase people and this kind of for us, I think both of us, mm-hmm. is kind of uh, you know like I don't wanna break his balls, you know. Yeah, you I mean to. you gotta you gotta put a little pressure on. You gotta raise the expectation level, and it's hard because artists are very delicate. You can hurt their feelings immediately. One hundred. So it's like if I if you send me four tracks for enemy and one is a banger it's great it's an a side or whatever but then the rest the other three i'm not into Mm. it's like i'm you got to find that fine line of like really pushing them and saying like i know what you're capable of or like you can do this but you also want to be like these fucking suck Mm -hmm. i need to you know what i mean like you want that sort of positive reinforcement i started to yeah i started to have that approach to be honest i started to be really really honest and uh, and I discovered that actually works in the beginning no because in the beginning I didn't had uh, like I think mm-hmm. if you tell me like for example if you tell me yo this is trash but this is really mm-hmm. good okay we became friends but yeah. the point is that if you tell me that I will be really mature to be like okay cool he's saying this for a big reason yeah. well I wouldn't say we this is so- trash you know no, but, but you guess, know what yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. not trash you can't say it's trash but still Sometimes actually you need to not trash, yeah. but you need to say is is not really on the level of what you uh, are able to because you showed me with this track that is really good. So you know, sure. And um, and what I have learned is that you can easily um, you need to get the respect of the person, and the, the really nice way is to meet the person. If you yeah. meet the person, you can talk to the person, and and you can have a, a beautiful um, serious relation where you can mm-hmm. hey, I'm really straight with you. I will tell you when something I think has to be has to need more work yeah. and to help you. I'm here for helping you. I'm like yeah. it's like a coach thing, you know. I just I you know, I mean I I think you have a lot of artists on your label. I wouldn't be able to keep up that sort of personal contact with everybody. That's really impressive. But like, you know, for enemy I, I don't have so many artists and oh, but, um I mean. but still at that point, I'm very much a person that um these days I want to work mostly with friends. And uh, that's a beautiful. I kind of I have to know who they are before I work with them on a record. One hundred percent. And like, I think everybody that I I um have on the label are people that I've come to know for 
it doesn't matter. Some people I've known for 10 plus years or some I'm just like, the next time you're in Berlin, we're going to hang out and then we're going to see, you know what I mean? Because it's like, I don't want to answer the phone for someone that I feel like is an asshole every day. Like, you know, you want to work with somebody that you are looking forward to speaking to. 100%. I mean, I think it's just, it's like having, do you want to, when you have a, like a, let's say um, an agency or whatever it is, you know, and you, and you want to have an office. Yeah. What do you want? An asshole that comes from that door, or someone that is a cool person that can work yeah. doing the whole eight hours? Yeah. It's kind of and I, like I don't, I don't care how good the music is, if they're gonna be, if they're just a pain in my ass. What? Whether course. it's one million questions or like being rude to others or whatever, then I'm just like, we're done. And then there's people who, um, they do take a little bit of work, but it's like. Uh, they're a bit eccentric or un- misunderstood or whatever. And it's just like, I'm willing to work with that, but I'm not willing to work with like an obvious asshole. Yeah. You know? I think what happened there is that if you really, really, really like the music, maybe I'm talking about you in particular, but yeah. if you really like maybe the music, maybe it will come out something, but one time yeah. and that's it. Because, or maybe not even because yeah. you don't even feel it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so even though the music is so good, you don't care about it. You, you, I think you, you are like in, when we talk about you. I think yeah. it's really nice to see that. You know. Oh, well, I mean, on one hand, because you care, you know, a lot. On one hand, you should. There's like the uh, the saying that like you shouldn't meet your heroes because <laughs> it's it can it, you know like if you meet these old rock stars or whatever people that you looked up to for thirty years. Yeah. Then you meet them and you really you realize that either a they're assholes, which is usually the case, or b or and b. <laughs> They're just super ordinary and they're not that amazing. (laughs) So um, maybe music shouldn't be judged on the personality. And I think for a fan, that's true. But as someone that has to deal with that person and release records and set up parties. It's hard. Absolutely. I mean, uh, 100%. I mean, the music, as you said, you said it really nicely because the music has to speak alone. But for us, that we are inside this is a business and we are inside this and we we are working you know every day mm-hmm. with uh, with different people the 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 character makes a big part because mm-hmm. if you can work smoothly with someone yeah your job will be really really um way more easier and way more efficient we are you're you're there talking about next future project instead of talking about problems yeah. and next makes a big difference yeah. i mean well that's another part of it i think these days when if i was to bring on like let's say a new talent to my label mm. maybe you have a different opinion or you agree i i mean it's not a requirement that they look towards the future but if i'm going to spend my time and money on putting out a record or potentially a couple records i'm hoping that it leads towards um something more no. You know what I mean? Like of you know, I, you know, you don't want these kind of like one night stands, so to speak, no, no. Of, of the record label world. I want something where you can like we're gonna build a relationship, or like you have plans five years from now. Record like, label a vision. You know what I mean? A record label is a journey, and yeah. uh, and this explains a lot. And and I think if you have like a journey, you need you want to have the right companions. Me personally, I want the right companions. I don't want to have a dickhead on on, on my side. You know, like totally. Even though he would be funny, but after a while, I will get pissed, and I will have a really good trip with the people that actually I'm. They are, you know, have totally. a bond, creating a bond in a way. And even though for us it's really hard because maybe all these artists that that we deal with, they are maybe not in Berlin. Others are in Berlin and stuff like yeah. that. So 
it's hard to have a really deep relation, of course. But uh, but this is the, this doesn't mean that you can't have it. I think I have a really great relation with a lot of uh, actually every of the guys that work uh, on the label. So, uh, and I know, of course, uh, a lot of uh, guys on Enemy too, of course. Yeah. Um. So, as far as even being on the record label, then what do you look for when you're listening to demos? Good question. Um, I I just um, it changed because like when I started, I was asking music for my friends most of the time, or people that uh, I thought that was really um, really good musically. And and what happened is that slowly um, I started with the approach of uh, okay, the music has to be really important and has to have a big part of of uh, of what we are going to do. Of course, I can't tell you my vision was about doing all this uh, variation of uh, sides uh, as arms, as I say, of the label. I didn't know. But what I thought was uh, uh, selecting different kind of music. So my approach is like, I don't care if this is strong techno or the most soft thing ever. Mm-hmm. I want to try to analyze this and, and think about, is this matching my philosophy of the label? And you will ask, what is the philosophy? I can't tell you what is the philosophy in general because it's really hard to explain this by words. Mm-hmm. I think it's way more easy if you listen to a lot of, uh, like even randomly to different catalogs, um, you know, mm-hmm. and you can understand uh, a little bit. But by words, it's just for me, it's about what I think, um, w- talking about uh, what we did for the club and for what we did for the parties. Um, was about good quality music that mm-hmm. anybody can play and have a great result and a good good you know tools uh, but not that kind of word to say tools in that way tools like give the you know the instrument to the DJ to mm-hmm. have a, a changing moment in his set for a better way yeah maybe like some tracks don't have to be the big track of the night they're the setup track to make that one pop or exactly but I, I think that also comes. Honestly, most of the time with experience, but you and I are both sort of focused on newer producers, so that's kind of hard. We are, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, but, but we are so really attracted by the um, the aspect of of trying new things, I think. And I think that, uh, I mean, um, we know how is to, to make like the records that actually works really well, you know. And we also know how to select those records. I think there is a lot of uh, artists that are that are doing great, but that's not it. You know, that's yeah. not the only part. We also, I think, we think also, and and I talk about both. I think there is like a lot of uh, discovery of the person itself when you read someone. You know, when I think about you, I know, like Zippo or all those guys, they are really having a really great yeah. uh, on their own output. You know, and they have a big good success mm-hmm. on their own side too. And um, yeah, of course, and I think of Zico because he's a good friend. So I, I can just think of him thinking, of, oh, yeah, he's doing um, th- this kind of record. They're actually just like his his name is really attached to the music, and and everything makes sense in a way. But maybe um, yes, yeah. No, I mean I I agree completely. He's, mm. You know, he's definitely synonymous with quality. Mm. And I think same thing with him as most of the newer guys that I put on my label and. Let's just use the last two artists that I've yeah. added as a reference. Yeah. Was Nastya Regal and yeah. Yeah. this next release is Gabriela Vergalov. It's a nice example. When you listen to 
the music of these two artists. It's completely worlds apart. Personality wise, different vibes, personality, like yet it's still I think both artists fit at home on enemy from my personal take, because my general idea of the label was just late night techno, and that can be a lot of different uh ways of yeah. looking There's at that. that. Um but you know, both those artists I can tell you the media quality that I recognize, which is not just a trait for A and R for finding music. Mm. It's about music in general that I listen to, and sincerity is like the number one factor. Um, yeah, I mean, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, of course. And I, I think when when you listen to either of those girls' records or the other stuff, like whether you like it or not, it I don't give a shit. I would hope that people <laughs> do, of course. But um, you know, it's it's got to have this quality where it's like you hear it and you know regardless of what you think of it you can be like yeah i can tell that this is sort of from the heart mm. this isn't feeling contrived to get bookings mm. uh, you know what i mean it's not like a, a move yeah. for to fit in something you I know what i mean i think that's just really beautiful of you and i think that this uh business in general as you i don't like to call it business but it is it is yeah but what, what I like, I think that it's really beautiful that someone like you that has your experience and uh, all the years and, 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 and all of that can say, I want to concentrate. Like, I want to do my label where I'm, I'm doing something without absolutely thinking about uh, grabbing gigs or uh, fame or whatever. I'm thinking about, I want to do, like, uh, in your case, I want to put out this girl and, yeah, and, and that because I really believe in her, her music. Yeah. I really believe in even in her character mm-hmm. and i in all the things behind the record too the yeah. cover and all like all those kind of things i think is really beautiful and it makes a beautiful story you know as you said the the, the journey yeah is the the you know the goal and, and 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 i think it's beautiful because other people and of course uh, many people in the business uh exactly because you call it business um, they just want the music to, industry is the most business of all businesses. Of course, it's exactly, so right? shady, right? And uh, and and that's it. You know, I mean, anything like just the the factor that just you want to just uh, keep up uh, with the speed and the numbers. Um, you know that that discussion that I don't want to go into. Of and course. Yeah. So, um, I guess the last part that I want to wrap up on following that and the label stuff in general is. What what do you look for in a producer when you want to make them like an integral part of the label? Like when you are just like, listen, well, I really want to solidify this relationship. Uh, the trust and um, the trust is the most important thing, and um, and the fact that he uh, he work he want to work hard, he want to become someone, but he's not joking. Like he's really seriously want to do this. And um, and that's this is what makes a big difference. And I think every of the guys that has success, uh, even way more than me, uh, are doing well because they they accepted that they accepted the trust. Uh, yeah. And this is how they, the 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 artists become become really close to me. Mm-hmm. And I will do anything I can to to help them. You know, yeah. um, even though I'm not that famous. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. What I mean? <laughs> no, I mean I. I think you do a a, a lot for uh, either completely brand new producers or or people that have been in this for you know let's not say in terms of years but let's say a couple records or something. Uh, and it's tough. Yeah, make up another little drink. I could use a little spices program up a bit. 
but you know what I'm getting at, though, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, that being said, I mean, one thing that uh, on on top of you know having plenty of records and stuff like that out, uh, and being there to help out a lot of people and stuff, you have had some controversy to your name in the past. Um, I'd like to you know go into that just a little yeah. bit. Yeah, let's do these. Okay. <laughs> okay, what do you want to know? <laughs> uh, no, um, but I mean, here's the deal. All right, so like you got in trouble in the past for some sampling. Yeah, here you want that lemon? Yeah, there was uh, something about it. I mean, I, I'm curious about this from a few different angles because it's like on one hand, um, it's it's wrong, it's whatever. People will we'll talk about it. People do it a lot. But like I also want to know like to be on the other end of like a scandal so I think, speak, yeah. You know, what's that like? I mean, what's the... Um, I think that's... Um, I think it's really easy to talk about this kind of things when... Uh, because he's, uh, he's, comp- he's wrong and uh, you you don't have... I mean, samples is, uh, is really in the core of a lot of genres and, and the genres of what... in the, in the Also in techno. Um, but aside that, doing exactly that particular thing is wrong. And uh, But in the same time, I think nobody uh, think about the, the other aspect of how this can uh, kind of uh, impact the life of a, of, of a person that did the mistake, you know? And uh, I take all my, you know, I take my mistake. But I also think that um, nobody understands what is actually uh, passing, going through a lot of months of problems uh, because the only way you have uh, income is, is to play. And if you don't play, uh, you're not able to make money at all and not to leave. But and that another important factor is that people also don't know that a lot of people um, go away from you because they they don't have the trust anymore. They think that you are a thief, that you uh, you plagiarize and, and all of that, um, which is completely understandable because yeah. how it came out uh, was completely strong and was a solid information. And um, but yeah, I think there is a lot of things that people don't know. And um, and they don't even care, I guess. I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, the music industry's fucked up. There's a like, there's a lot of things that go on on, on various levels. Uh, in terms of dance music, sampling is a really um, gray area because it is pretty much the backbone of the music that we're doing. One hundred percent. Um. The problem is, is that nobody really looks at it as a legal issue until there's it's uh, kind of creatively bankrupt. So, like for example, if you take a techno track, grab a sample from that, and just put in another techno track, that's when people start to cry foul because it's not creative enough in their eyes. Whereas if they take um, a breakbeat from 1993, put it on the track, and slap some like trans pads on it it's the hit right now it's even funny, though right? you know or the amen or that's something that's really funny right and i mean i get it to the sense that's where it's like i believe that you got to be creative i hear people sample my shit all the time and it's like on one hand if it's a very blatant rip off i'm i just i'm well i've been around for a while now i'm just kind of I, I don't give a shit but i mean i i think it's weak you know what i mean yeah, i think I people can do better and then at the same time, if they morph it and like I wasn't even aware, mm. or I think they do it really well, then I'm mm. like, all right, cool, because that's how shit goes. Me personally, I don't sample, but if I would, it wouldn't be from techno. 
I think yeah. I mean, I think the um, the, the 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 thing here is um, um, is really. I think it's really simple. The uh, the story is not about me uh, stealing something, but it was about uh, a misunderstood misunderstanding, and um, and I don't want to like I don't want to go into it. But what I want to say is that this is if you kind of steal an entire track, then of course it makes a big impact of what the outcome is, yeah. and. Um, I also think that if people are smart enough, they can understand that um, after 10 years of music, I'm I'm probably not going to think about doing that exact thing. But happens. And um, there is others. There are other things to say about this, I want to say. That's well, it. so yeah, I like mean... It's not only how it looks. Yeah, I mean, you can say it if you want. Feel free to do so. I guess my thing is, is I'm wondering, like, do you believe that at this point in time you have like made the steps to like uh repair the situation or like prove yourself again as a producer stuff like that's that that's a nice uh, way of seeing it uh, but i make music before that i i did music for a long time and um good or bad you can say that mm -hmm. but i did a lot of music so I, what i want to say is that, that after that uh i what I, I was already doing music so even though it was good or bad but after that i ha i felt it was a wake-up call yeah i think yeah because like that kind of uh put me uh, you know it was is i think uh, the career was over for many other people in a way mm -hmm. but i thought that the most important part like i think the most important part was just to show in a way that i'm here and i'm and i'm i'm real mm -hmm. i did my mistake but i'm here yeah. and uh, and i'm ready to prove you that i know how to make what i do you know yeah. and um and i think it worked uh, in a way and um but on the other side i think there is still and there will be always people that will think uh, negative about me and it's okay well i accept it let's i mean this is a question i've thought about things a lot lately and we can kind of reference this as a part of the example but, like, these days when people fuck up, like, they sample something, or maybe they said a a slur, like a racial slur, or, mm. like, something goes wrong, mm. we're very much in a mob mentality society now where people, you know, they, they basically effectively shut down the person's life, like... uh you know, they got to change their phone number, they lose their job, whatever. There's a lot that comes with it. And I'm wondering, and, and of course it's always different because there's different situations, but how long is it before someone ha can, like, you know, come back to the tribe, so to speak, and be like, listen, what does it take to pay your dues? Or You know what I mean? When are you cleansed of this? I think it's a beautiful question. Yeah. I because, think it's a beautiful... Because I think that's really nice because I think if pe people never think about the, what happened after, like people never think about, okay, yeah, this guy said something bad or this guy did something bad. And it's all about, you know, the, the news mm -hmm. and the gossip, you know, the gossip is amazing. It's, yeah. it's drive clicks and people, the news and stuff. 
And exactly for this reason, if something happened, we only think about, oh, that guy is a bad guy, say that racist guy, like a YouTube thing of that guy that, yeah. that, that show with the dead body. And, 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 and the guy is still there anyway. Or maybe the other guy did say something racist and he's a really bad guy. Mm-hmm. And we just think, oh, this guy is a bad guy. I'm really, maybe you think, oh, I don't care, you know. But uh, in the same time, you never think about what happened after his life. And maybe this guy actually never even, you know, did, he did a mistake and it can be really bad. Yeah. It can be really bad. And sometimes um, you can't say, oh, it was just a mistake. Yeah. It was just really bad. I mean, a mistake but now can change y- your entire life. Absolutely. Because of the because yeah. of the, the wide audience yeah. we have. It's I just mean, everybody's audience. That doesn't mean that doesn't making mistakes doesn't give you the right to be a misogynist or a bigot or an asshole or racist or a thief or anything. Yeah. But sometimes there are small mistakes or like where you are, let's say, 20 and you, you're just not fucking growing up yet. Yeah. Like, how long does it take to pay for that? Um, and, and I think it depends on what you do, of, of course. course. But, but at the same time, if we talk about this kind of situation, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it took, it took it takes a lot of time. First, firstly, um, uh, to realize with your mind what are, what happened. And the first thing you feel is like everybody's kind of going away from you. Yeah. And this is a really, I hope... I really hope to everybody and in general that you will never feel this. It's really bad in a in, in from one side because you just feel like everything was uh, just uh, um, nothing was actually real at all. But there is a really good part. The good part is that you grow stronger and you will understand something really really important. Who is who is close to you? Who was close to you from the beginning? And even though you make mistakes. You are a human um, being that I respect, that I can understand your error and your mistake, and I can stay close to you. That's really cool, I think. And that's that's where you grow, and um, and that's where you pass through. You, that's I don't know. You ask uh, it about the time. It's really hard to tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, I mean, I, I, I still don't think there's an people answer. hating I just me, find know, that and, process. And, well, the thing is, is there's always going to be people. There is like, always you people get branded, that hate and me. that's what it is. They remember that. So we you will. can do forty more records that are. 100% original material yeah. and let's say even 10 of them are hits and the other 30 are just good you'll yeah, do it better than that but let's say that's the case there will still always be like well you know he got in trouble for sampling before and at that point he I will mean, be bad like, always how, how, yeah like <laughs> he will be a bad it's producer. either black or white and I, I just don't <laughs> think sad. that's the right way to do it I, I mean on the top of it like with arts, you push a lot of new talent. Yeah. Or you, you know, you help. I'm not saying you're solely responsible for people's careers, but they wouldn't fuck with you if if you weren't able to do something for them. So I it's agree. like it's really hard to quantify someone's moral worth. And sometimes they can say something just bad enough where that defeats the purpose. So don't get me wrong and say I'm of generalizing course. this. Like no, it's no. case by case it's, always. It's but. completely like that. It's like exactly like that. And I can feel it for like the nice thing is that we can speak about it. Yeah. I can speak about this and I can tell you there's still a lot of people that hate me. I don't know if they hate me, but uh, they They're have not, a lot of yeah. people that have something to say. Huh? What you say uh, you for the bad th- things? Okay. Let's say you're, I want to. I'll ask you a question, but say what you had to say first, yeah. or did I fuck it up for you? No, no, no. What, what, what do you mean? I was gonna say. Yeah, I just. Do you think some of those people will say this stuff out of envy? 
Like, uh, you know, like, I, I really believe that sometimes people sh talk shit about people solely because they do not have amount of success or nobody's talking about them. Yeah. I really believe that whether, yeah. whether the person they're talking about did something right or wrong. Yeah. I, I really believe that like, if you're caught up in other people's bullshit, that means there's something wrong at home. It's always like that. You know, yeah. I think like the most important, like if you think about it, how many people you think gonna start the past the time talking about all the negativity, the bad things, the the gossip, the the like? What are you doing? You're actually you wanna just talk about that, yeah. or, or you wanna spend your time showing your own shit, your own music, your own word, the positivity, yeah. and the, all of that. And I think, and I'm not saying this because it's easy for me to say that, but I think about it. You want to spend you want to spend your time talking about all the negativity things, or you want to talk about positive positive things, yeah. and that's it. And if someone make a mistake, um, take it as it is. You can you can do your post. You can say this at the bar. You can do whatever you yeah. want, and it's, it will be completely fine. But still, a mistake is a human thing, and I really believe we are not perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, we are not. So. That's all I can say. I think like there is a really good uh, every mistake is a is a good is another step to become better and better and better. So it's really easy to say that, but yeah. um, but that's what it is. That's no, I hear you. You know, and I guess to expand upon what I was just saying, it's kind of like I want to say it was mm, maybe two weeks ago now or something. I actually never saw the post itself, but somebody was telling me they saw this epic Facebook thread where uh, one of these Detroit producers or labels straight up jacked a demo from some other kid from like two years ago mm -hmm. and just fucking put the record out. And I don't know the rest of the story, so I'm not going to make up details. Okay, yeah, you know all the gossip. Yeah, so well, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's fucked up. But at the same it time, is. as soon as I heard about it, and they're like, dude, you got to check it out. And I was like, kind of reaching for my phone in my pocket and then i was like why i don't give a fuck exactly. i don't care which label it was i don't care the the kid that I got screwed over i'm exactly. sorry that shit happened whether it yeah. did or not it's i don't good know. to know that happened it's always good to have the dirty laundry out there yeah but i'm just kind of like does this affect me in any way possible no um I hope it's not no. someone I appreciate. You know I, what I mean? I, I, don't, I know exactly what you mean. And I think that this, uh, exactly because I know this story, I think doesn't even get close to what you care. Mm -hmm. Because it's like that. Yeah. What is important to know here is that uh, that actually happened. You know, that actually happened. Yeah. And, 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 and there's uh, no excuse for that. But that's good I mean? for you. Because uh, you know that um, there are people that are doing this and you don't want to be that guy. You've never been that guy. But in the same time, it, it's good to know these things just yeah. because you know how people fuck other people, I guess. And um, yeah, I've seen it so much. Yeah. In this. I've been fucked over. I mean, well, I have to You've say, been, yeah. Um, with with Adam with drum code he's probably one of the most professional people I've dealt yeah. with, but like other, I would consider them big labels like back in the day, but techno techno stuff. But like mm. I got fucked over every time where they yeah. weren't paying me or lying really? about numbers or saying the check mm. is in the mail because this is when we still did checks. Yeah, you know, like all that kind of shit. Yeah, and uh, that doesn't make it any better that other people are getting ripped off this day and age but you kind of just see it everything it's almost right the passage. difference is that your heart's gonna get broken a time or two as you grow old you know yeah. 
The difference is that you get you can get fucked right away or you can get fucked by time. It's yeah. really simple. It doesn't change much in the end of the day, I think. It usually happens both ways, you know. <laughs> yeah, as it looks like. Yeah. But I'm but yeah, I think it's nice what you said. I think it's nice what that you said that all the like this information, how this information can make my day better. Yeah. Is this information making my day better? And no. That's so, just it. It's more, you know, like I mean, know, um I remember this was wow. I'm dating myself now, like 15 plus years ago when before, well, really Facebook is what kind of killed it off because MySpace didn't have threads, so to speak. No. But there was the message boards and there yeah. were a couple techno ones um, where you'd have like a lot of just techno fans, but also some actual reputable producers would chime in as well. I find that was really cool. I, th I think it was great. And I mean, the community was small enough at that point where it was pretty interesting. Yeah. And there was it some like really dramatic was. shit posts once in a while. But for the most part, uh, nowadays, there's so much noise going on where I'm just like, you know what? If you're spending too much time on this stuff, that means you're not making music. Yeah. <laughs> and and the, the, the I think it's beautiful because like at the time, the the, the, the interface was about writing something under that profile and not like um making a post there was no post no you can't see shit of others you can just you have to go to that page that was really interesting because in that way you can actually um, and also there was no like statement was like oh, yeah. the, the music was there you had to it's if you want a, you listen uh, to the music then fuck off or just write something on it and you say hey hi i love your music cool and this is how for me you know started everything and i think that's kind of uh, approach um is really nice and while now is about this is my this is my uh you know this is my post you have to read it and 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 please uh, yeah it's a declaration yeah. yes yeah. rather than exactly. a discussion yeah. so to speak yeah. you know what i mean and that's a, that's a Hear problem me. that's a yeah that's a big problem i think i agree but i think it's also kind of uh unfortunately it's product of uh what what society is kind of like right now or this new generation of people yeah. or like uh if someone fucks up your order at a store or restaurant you can go and write not a not a yelp review but on their facebook page like motherfucker oh, yeah you know and you can like, yell at there, them it's a one-way communication internet. mindset yeah which is why i love this podcast i can say whatever i want and i don't have to listen to the opinions of people coming in as they're listening right yeah, now yeah you know it's amazing i, I yeah. get it so that's why the posts are yeah, great but yeah. i'm not gonna read that shit yeah well you don't have to <laughs> yeah but let's not get hooked on social media here <laughs> no please uh i want to go into a little well i mean we've discussed it but we haven't really talked a lot about your productions so far on the show mm. um i mean You've made a lot of records in the last yeah. five years. Yeah, um, a lot of range to them. On top, of, you know, on top of the whole crazy schedule with artists and managing yeah. shit. Um, I mean, I, I try to make a lot of records. Yeah, well, what's your studio process? And you know, somebody's gonna be like fucking sampling or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you're done, <laughs> just throwing in the samples. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, um, it's, it was a long process, and um, and I, and I always keep saying this: I never had so much economical um, factors to just buy different things or the things that I always wanted. Let's mm -hmm. say I always had big knowledge in into gears, but I never had the money to buy those yeah. gears. <laughs> but as many of us, of us, but I what I want to say is that I became really close to um, be really good in the like. Um, 
software aspect or all this kind of things or knowing VSTs and understanding this VST or uh, maybe just using the, the, the demo <laughs> for a while and trying to make something out of it. And, yeah. and, and, you know, this kind of really, you know, kind of, um, yeah, strong things to say, but at the same time I grew up and I yeah. learned a lot, but the actual process, um, was always based on the on the, on the computer for me since the beginning. All my first records was done all on the computer, and I had, didn't had any other thing. But um, but uh, then slowly, luckily, my my career started to to to, to go up, mm -hmm. and I started to make my first money. And that first money, I started to invest. Uh, taking uh, the the first thing I had was a drum machine. No, and uh, it was a nine nine, and yeah. and and that was the the, the one that, I, and I had it really cheap, and that for me uh, was kind of broken too. On one, do you still have it or no? I still have it in Milano, yeah. yeah. And there is one hi hat is completely broken and always been broken, so I never had the the the, the hi hat. Um, but I did all my drums there, and I started to just just try my best to to make drums out of it and mm -hmm. use uh, disconnected for later, yeah. And 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 the, and the computer, you know, and, and it was all about computer for me. But I, I, I mean, at, at the time, yeah. So I guess what you're getting at is you've always you're like I'm gonna work with in my financial means what's possible. Yeah. And I mean, I that's the other thing that I know that I really can respect about you is that you know I I even remember like when you got the Robert Hood remix for yeah. arts, you were just like, yeah. You know, I asked you why you why you working on a Saturday night. And you're like, dude, I want this fucking remix. Like, you're, <laughs> you're willing to do what it takes to get something done. Everything, yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah. that was a big goal for me. And, and yeah. like many and other. So goals. it's the same for the studio. Like yeah. I know you said, like I want to get a couple new pieces this year, and yeah. you just worked hard to to make sure you could do that. Yeah, you know. Um, um yeah. I mean, talking about like more the recent, uh, I kind of have more beautiful instruments. And uh, finally, and and I'm really having a lot of fun. What is the current setup, or do you not well, want to share I just that? have a really simple, I just have um, the, um, uh, a mixer with uh, an OB6, a Davis Smith mm -hmm. OB6, and um, I have a, a Wandolf XT, and those are the, my two synths. And um, I use all the drums that I the drums that I always recorded on the 909, and, and I keep using them and evolving myself. Um, do you think that helped develop your sound? Like uh, uh, they can re recognize the tone? Uh, yeah, I think. Because, you know, yeah, th th there's a big, yeah. I have a big bass in my, you know, big drums and, and, and all those kind of, it's, it's a iconic uh, sound I have in my music. And um, I, I was being attracted by the, the, the 909. And I think that is really, but, but I, I've never been limited like if yeah. you can hear a lot of different things in that kick drum, and and probably I'm just fucking around with a lot of different sounds at the same time, and a lot of VSTs and compression, and sometimes it's not even layering; it's just simply different effects, pedals. No, yeah. Another thing is the pedals. Like for example, I never had uh, pedals until when I came in Berlin, <laughs> yeah. which is a shame. But um, but then I started to understand that pedals are everything. Yeah, yeah, and for those that are not studio producers, yeah. we're talking about effects pedals. Basically, it's if you still don't know what the hell, it's like Instagram filters for your music. Yeah. <laughs> that's and, cheesy as fuck, but yeah. that's the easiest and, way to and, put and it. And it's something that you should, uh, you know, uh, uh, I would say discover. Yeah, if you don't I mean, know that. Listen, I don't. Uh, I don't want to get into the hardware versus software no, debate because both are great. 
lot. Maybe you know. Don't you trying to get me them. drunk there? Maybe it's working. Uh, so, so much. <laughs> basically, I gotta say, I really, I have. I'm kind of into of collecting pedals. pedals right now. I got well. I'm, I'm building. You have a lot of pedals. I'm building a, a pedal bar, a pedal board because I got to do some <laughs> a pedal bar, pedal box, yeah. a pedal board. Because uh, I'm doing a live show in uh, in a couple weeks here, mm. so I need to. Mm-hmm. But anyway, point is, is like with guitar pedals, mainly that's why you buy them, but they're used for all effects. Yeah. Um, I discovered it two years ago. Yeah. Like, for the real. thing is, is like they have. It doesn't. It can be just a delay or reverb. It doesn't matter. Like there is a tone to each pedal. That's why there's eight million distortion pedals yeah. out there, yeah. and they all have their own characteristics. Yeah. You know, and when you get effects plugins, sure, there's a bunch of different delay plugins. A lot of the times, they will just be able to. There's not so many features that really make them stand out or give a different tone. Yeah. Like there's. There's a, there's a different quality or a sheen on on effects pedals. I find the thing is, I think it's really hard with a VSD to make it a personal. Um, That's what I'm saying. Effect, you know, because you yeah, because you will have a certain uh, and I, I'm a pro preset. I don't mind preset or not. But what I mean is that in a reverb, you have some certain presets that are did that sound. Sure. And it will be always that sound. So yeah, you can change something. But with a pedal, actually, you can actually create something out of, you know, I can create mm. the, the whole process if you have a good pedal, of course. Um, I think. Totally. And, and and that's magic. For me, it's magic. When, I, when you connect a good synthesizer, even a, a good cheap synthesizer to a good pedal, what comes out is magic. Hundred percent. Yeah, you know, so, and, and there is a big difference that people should totally. Know. Well, the the thing is, I've found, and you know, this is perfect because I wanted to bring this up. A lot of your music has like a live jam feel to it. Mm. You know, it's not on the fourth measure, then the eighth or the sixteenth, thirty-two, sixty-four. It's kind of it just fucking comes in when it wants to. Yeah, which can drive some people crazy, or they love it. <laughs> yeah. Um. But you do a lot of live takes. Yeah. It's all live. Yeah. Like the whole thing, I don't know why. But you, and I'm not... Would you say it's for because of feeling or you hate arranging or what's the deal? Uh, some people find it really crazy. Uh, I don't know. I just I just find myself really comfortable uh, doing that in that way because I think that um, it's a moment. Yeah. You record one moment. And you can't have that moment again, in a way. And this is why there is 100%. a lot of mistakes in my records. There's a lot of mistakes. So I, you know, and and I, and I think that um, it's part of the record. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I just I I find myself comfortable doing that. I mean, Instead I no, I, I programming. I, yeah, totally. I totally dig it. And I think, I mean, listen, I've I've done it a million times, and I'll do it again. Where you just have like a computer plug in. Mm-hmm. That you can make your synths or whatever, but you know, on the computer, people with Ableton and everything, they've gotten very used to this mentality where it's like it's quantized to two measures mm. or eight beats, four beats. Mm-hmm. You have your little melody, and then you turn it into a loop, and everything is neatly snapped to the grid, mm. and it's like very delicate mm. and separated. And I've done that traditionally a lot too, but these days I'm very much like you in the sense that it's like. I'm going to record a live take the for zoom. five, ten minutes, yeah. and this is what happens. Yeah. Um, I think it's really it's, nice. It adds a different dimension. Yeah. Whether it's better or not, it depends on whether you're a good musician. But I think it changes everything. I think, yes. I think programming, and some people find really 
Um, it's good. It's not, mm-hmm. There's nothing bad in programming. But I think that, um, uh, especially techno, um, as we know uh, from the past, it's always been uh, a really, uh, has always a big uh, approach of uh, natural body music. It's got to be a body. Feeling. Exactly yeah. where I want to go. Like there's a body aspect of to it. And, 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 and this kind of thing of the, we call, we can call it swing or whatever it is, uh, or like not staying on the, on the grid. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. uh, and I think that is a really big thing of, of techno since the old school. You know, like the, I think like one of the my favorite records, they are all fucked up. There is no line, there is no bar. Yeah. Of course, you feel a bar, but you, mm-hmm. the feeling is not. It's only line. Totally. Everything was recorded on that fucking tape on the mixer. So mm-hmm. I don't really think that everything was precisely no done. exactly. And the point was not making it precisely because it was more about like like exact. I keep saying this, but it's like putting colors on a canvas. Yeah. And doesn't have to be perfect sometimes. So. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, I think that's also what gives Burial, for example. I, I bring Burial because no, I think most people on the show know Burial. Like, yeah. I'm hope. not into the music now. <laughs> I hope for that. I'm not into the new stuff, but the old stuff. And it, it it's very evident because it's like it just drops out when it wants to. It's not, uh, there's a little bit of swing to it. Mm. Not, not everything's perfectly mm. set in stone, you know? Um, but I mean, uh, beautiful. Yes. So your current process is basically you're jamming stuff in live. Um, do you try to play the whole track live into two channels then, or are you like, <laughs> would you say jam out on a synth for 20 minutes and then take the parts from there that you like and put it on a track? Nice. Nice question. Uh, I, I don't, well, when I started to have gears, and when I started to, when I mean gears, I mean hardware. When I started to play with them, I started to get a bond with the machine. And yeah. I started to have this beautiful, uh, and this happened um, not long ago, not long ago. And when I started to have these gears, I started to realize how I can actually have an, a, a session with the machine mm-hmm. and just have a session where I do only something with the machine without confusing, without thinking about drums or anything. But there is a certain moment in the studio where you have uh, this, something comes in your mind and you're like, hey, wait a second. I have to block this moment. And the only way I can block this moment is probably or record or actually just keep everything live because the synth has the the parameters going. Always be recording. And it, well, no, I don't record the whole time. For I me, just, I like to, just uh, to catch that moment that you're yeah, talking about. I, yeah, exactly. And at some point, I start to jam randomly, and I probably lose a lot of hours doing that. But at some point, I just record, and I'm like, okay, let's start that. I have my colors. I have my kick drums. Yeah. I have the, the right kick drum. The right, and I start to just do everything as it comes. Like, And many records that I did in the album are like that. I just started to completely um, do freestyle in the and maybe there are a lot maybe only four or five channels mm-hmm. okay but that's why i wanted to keep it really minimal mm-hmm. and live yeah, rather than other tracks that when i did everything live but i had to redo everything every single time to have mm-hmm. a good result because you know you want to make it right totally i mean that being said because you know you have a lot of range as a producer um is there something that you keep um that's kind of the something. Is there an element that you start with every time? Like, uh, does it, is it does there have to be a hook, or do you like get a good drum section, or is it different? Mm, I I don't know. Like sometimes it divides in two in a way. The first thing for me now, 
not right now is about um, finding a, a certain soul in the record and how you put the soul well with the synthesizer I have <laughs> and I think that's how I kind of uh, build maybe an idea and I changed it a lot in the beginning I was only always starting with the groove I was starting with the groove and then I was starting to add uh, uh, sounds from toms to any sound that I was uh, getting into and then slowly creating the chord the bad yeah. the dead but that that changed a lot because when I started to have gears I started to have a good relation with the gears and be really really happy that I started to jam a lot uh, for a lot of hours until I found a moment where I was completely happy to be, to be like yeah I recorded this and I really like it so maybe the, tomorrow I will make a record out of this mm-hmm. and then you take the take you have the, the exact live take you had mm-hmm. for a few minutes and then you just layer it on a, on a groove that you invent right away. Mm-hmm. Then you make every, then you record everything like, and this process sometimes is even maybe one hour or two hours, it's really fast. Yeah. Sometimes I don't, I, I just, uh, just happens and, 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 and then you are totally. like, okay, I have a record, cool. Let's move on on the next one, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah. some tracks take two weeks, some take yeah. two hours, yeah. you never yeah. know. Yeah. But I mean, for the album was a long process, I would have to say that. Like, yeah. It's like, it was not like, oh, I did a track, cool, done. No, there was a lot of, because there was, you have to, play it uh, also it's like banging records so you have to go to the club understand if the kick drum is, is going well uh, punching right or the hi-hat is too high or the voice is a lot of complication that you need to understand and once you understand that you redo it and you redo mm-hmm. it my process is not like going to any door you have and, and just go through the programming things it's more like yeah I need to record again and I need to make it right so I need to make everything sound correct every single time it sounds really complicated but um in my method is really simple and it works luckily and uh, and i think there is a lot of mistakes too (laughs) i think but you know that's the beauty of it i mean if you well on a lot of the best records they're so well produced that you don't hear the mistakes but that's because there was so many um sessions recorded of this stuff yeah. <laughs> like people like to believe that like if you uh if you go put on the chronic or something like that by dr dre like some dude just hopped on the mpc <laughs> and he played the whole song out and the dude sang over it once and like cool let's done. go get a fucking sandwich yeah. we're done for the exactly, day yeah you know yeah, I, well like... i don't i can't say i haven't i haven't researched the chronic's history but for the most part there's a shitload of takes like yeah. that straight out of uh what is it was not straight out of it's Wisconsin, like straight out of Compton movie. Yeah, they're easy e. They're just like every take he fucking sucked out of. He couldn't yeah. do it, and they're just you know. Though that's the reality is like it is. You got to do it over and over so yeah. many times. It is because you like, if you want to want if you want to write uh, you especially for for us in for what we do, uh, it's really important to 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 try. And we have the big luck to, to to be able to go somewhere and try that on a different sound system every time, and I think that makes everything even more interesting for us um, to try our best, you know. And if you can't do this, don't worry because that's not uh, you know that doesn't matter. You need to just um, grow a knowledge until you are able to just make a, a product that is really sounding well on the club. If you can't, don't worry. But in the same time, I think that uh, for for what we have the luck to to be able to go around and try those things again and again. 
So and uh, and this is the biggest uh, thing for 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 us, and I think that this is why how how actually I'm doing every single record. I always I record it, and then maybe it's correct, and I don't even know if it's correct. I just go and I, and I, and I and if I have the guts to try that the same night, I tried and it works, and maybe I'm like, yeah, maybe the hi hat was too high, and maybe the tommy was too super high mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe i was high but at the same time what comes together after is that you have a knowledge that you can make it better and you want to make it right because you don't want to stay a long time to do it over and over even though you're okay today i stay two days one two the whole day doing this mm-hmm. and then you go to play and then you're like yeah there is some few things to change and then you're done like yeah i don't stay honestly mm-hmm. that long but but uh um, yeah, it's nice because then there is a process of waiting for the mastering and, yeah. and all of that. But I mean, it, it's the the flip side of that is it really sucks when you're working on this track and it's like you know that there's something there. You could send it to me and I would know that there's something there. But ultimately, <laughs> yeah, it just fucking not. It doesn't <laughs> suck, but it just it's not going anywhere. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, it's a well, bummer. I, I think at that point it comes the, the what we do too. Like we share. And I think that's where, where you know, you share with someone that has respect to you and has knowledge that can give you feedback. Yeah. And, yeah. And you can't, of course, do that around everywhere, but you can have few people like you uh, that we share music. And I think that that's really nice because that in that way we can understand if something is a, is a good track or, or something is I don't feel it but it's mixed as well something like that which is it's really important to have that uh, feedback too I think right on yeah. do you see yourself developing a live set anytime soon yeah I always as I'm making music like that I think for me it will be really easy to do a live but um, there's a technical aspect to it and I think the technical aspect um has to really come close to be well done and um as i'm learning and i'm looking around myself to 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 improve the the let's say the aspect of um performing sure. live which is uh, not easy and but luckily i have a lot of friends of mine that perform live and they're really good and, yeah. and i'm learning a lot from them but yes yeah i definitely want to go there. awesome and i mean it's 2018 now you did an album last year. What's the what's kind of the plan for this year? Mm, personally, um, <laughs> well, there is a lot of stuff I want to do. There is a lot of music, music I want to put out. Um, um, but in the same time, I think uh, I want to be more concentrated this year um, to uh, just give. Um, Maybe like uh, more more than a lot of music, but in the same time, I want to kind of communicate something. Uh, and I think the in what I mean is that after the album, that I already did some communication through that. I think I believe um, I want to keep this level of uh, communication and maybe another album. Let's see. But I think that uh, that's what I want to do. I want to keep myself uh, improving and doing more and. Uh, investing more hoping that work um but um but yeah risk myself let's see so right there's a lot of stuff going on and we got to get the new enemy versus hearts out uh, yeah absolutely that's coming <laughs> absolutely by the time this airs it should be in production yeah <laughs> look for it this spring yeah uh yeah i mean that's a cool project we got going too worth yeah. talking about you know yeah, i, I mean 
I think yeah. You know, for a lot of people, like what what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of people. Ask it me wasn't that. a common thing, but what some labels did back in the day, you talk about some of the Detroit guys, like Underground Resistance and Four Thirty, I believe, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. You got like there was a famous uh, drum code and hybrid record in mm-hmm. the late '90s, I think. Uh, basically, we're on a piece of vinyl. One side is maintained by one record label, and the other side is maintained by another record label. It's kind of yeah. like a team up thing. Correct. That was our plan for this, and uh, logistically, it's kind of a pain in the ass to mm. to plan because it is two businesses, yeah. too many cooks in the kitchen. But yeah. uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I like it because we pick each other's tracks out and kind of yeah. try to make it a as strong as we can. Yeah, I think. Well, as you put it on, it's like um, a collaboration between two labels. This is what we can say and present it that way, yeah. and it is like that. But um, I also think that is uh, a lot of this. The, uh, there is also a lot of uh, friendship and and also the understanding each other. I think because you we won't go, you would never do this maybe with someone else in yeah. a way, and um, and that's why I really like it. I think uh, it, it explain a lot and express a lot who we are in a way. Yeah, and. Um, this is what I feel. I hope that I had a lot of people asking me what is that, and uh, and they was really happy to buy the record, and they had the record in their hands, and they was uh, really proud of it, mm-hmm. and um, cool. And that's what 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 is the point? I think that for us is about just um, sharing the same place together, mm-hmm. as uh, as you know, as we understand each other. I totally. Yeah. Um, but of course, it's a label thing. So. Yeah, yeah, of course. No, I'm I'm totally happy with the project, and yeah. I think this third one is shaped up very nicely yeah. as well. Yeah, um, I would say it's well. There's always been deep stuff on our collaborations, um, yeah. but I think this is maybe the deepest of all three. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fitting for right now. Yeah, you know? I think yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, that being said, uh, wow, we're we're getting near the two-hour mark of the podcast. <laughs> really? wow. So uh, what I want to know next is what's coming up for releases for you or anything you want to promote, like mm-hmm. let's say from March forward through the rest mm-hmm. of the year. Um, I would personally make uh, a record on March and um, the record would be on Dark Matter, the, my, okay. my own label. And... Um, it's not that I want to promote it, but I think it's a record that everybody was waiting since a long time. Is a hooray, and it's a record that was playing since really long time by uh, Dax, especially because uh, Dax J. Yeah. yeah, it was mean to be on Monom, but um, I wanted to do it, yeah. you know. And uh, and I think uh, pe- a lot of people was waiting for it, and finally I'm able to put it out. And um, this is what I have, and there is many more. For me, but I can't say much, honestly. I think it's sure, better it's to a little just, early. Oh, uh, yeah. I think it's better to just um, wait a little bit. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, of course, like I just said, the enemy versus arts. That's yeah. you and me yeah, on that one. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about, like, podcasts or any of that kind of thing? Mm, thank you. Um, I, I'm starting a new um, format, uh, in my view, uh, which is a... A podcast, you want to call it, and you can call it podcast because it is a podcast. But in the same time, the idea is uh, playing music of other labels, of other artists that are really think they are really good and they um, deserve some promotion, so people can go and buy that record. And uh, yeah, yeah, just started on the Arts uh, SoundCloud channel. Yeah. Right on. 
like how often does that come out? Well, uh, hopefully once a month. I know uh, one hour per month is not a lot, but um, this is what I can do now. I hopefully want to expand it and for more things. It won't, won't be only mm-hmm. um, me playing records. I think uh, I will, uh, people want to know about other people too that are really busy yeah. that can't do the podcast for or whatever. Uh, but the idea will be maybe involve, uh, come, you know, take them into the show in a way or another yeah. and um, and ask them, you too, you will be part of it, uh, to ask them what they what they are the, the, the good records they are playing right now. Mm-hmm. Not charts, no number, no nothing. Uh, Just what you, can me, tell me a few records that you like. Yeah. That's it. No, no, no I, like I totally get it. I mean, Just I, expose other people uh, for the best, I think. I'm a big fan of talking about music yeah. in a sense. I mean, you know what? On a podcast about music, we talk about music <laughs> on the show a lot, but not nearly enough. Yeah. It always yeah. ends up into whatever else. It's always nice. But um, I guess what I'm getting at, though, is that I've kind of put people on blast in the past because it's like I really get tired of this... Uh, you know, when there's a lot of big DJs that are playing 12 to 15 plus times per month, making ungodly amounts of money per night, which is awesome. Good for them. I hope it happens to keep going. But um, then you see a lot of people that they're kind of profiting off. I I don't like, you know what I mean? Like, for example, if someone that's like a big baller, A-list techno DJ picks up your Emmanuel record and plays the shit out of it. Mm. If you're lucky, some people catch wind and that kind of turns on new fans to you. But for the most part, I I, I think that like a lot of these people should be doing charts or even if they don't want to do charts that like they have to put their seal of approval instead of posting a picture of like, Oh, everybody's got their fucking hands up. Like, yeah, just be like, hey, I bought this record last week or I got the promo MP3. Mm. I've been banging it out. I think it's cool. It's not the release of the year. But you know what I mean? Like, Simple there's not enough that. of that trickle down. No. And I think that what you're doing with your show is a great idea because... I just thought it. But the idea is that. is completely... Sharing music 100%. rather than, like, sharing ego, basically. Not saying, yo, I have a record label and me, uh, me, 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 me. But more of a, hey... I discovered really cool records. This is the the you know the name of the person. If I know something about this person, if I luckily know the person, I can tell something about the city where he's coming from. And I know maybe it's too nerdy, but you know this is who I am. And I think that some people would like it. And it's also a few seconds, no more. So it's about like playing the record, but also talk about who is mm-hmm. behind and the label maybe, you know, and, and, and I think it's really nice. As you said, I don't think that a lot of people um, do that uh, because it's not, uh, maybe it doesn't not, benefit they don't them. Exactly. It's not benefiting them. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't care. I just yeah. think that it's really nice to expose and, 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 and show a lot of beautiful music of other people. And, um, and if we had a little bit more of this, maybe today we had, we have a better collection. Or records, uh, totally. just to listen or to play, you know. Yeah, I that's mean, the point. Maybe you're listening to some crazy fucking tip of whatever dubstep <laughs> techno type bullshit yeah. and that I would never look into, but <laughs> yeah. maybe you got great taste in it. 
you yeah, know? And, or and, maybe you don't, but yeah. You know. No, I mean that's the point. It was also like simply a few minutes of the one record that maybe you don't gonna like, but actually you listening because you actually trust me in a way. Yeah. So you're gonna yeah, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, I didn't like that, but was actually the the pad was really cool. Yeah, something like that. Hey man, I mean I've changed my. Of course, I prefer to listen to music that I like the whole song or band in general yeah, or course. DJ these days. But I'm also listening to a lot of stuff right now where it's research period mm. you know what i mean mm. like someone's like oh this person's changing this fucking genre or whatever yeah. and then you listen and you're like i could do without this yeah. but i'm like you know what i'm gonna give it a listen all the way through because maybe i can gain something from it it's some insight 100 you know i listen uh, all the time to jungle and drum and bass uh, the old and actually yeah. the new ones too because the pad and the, all that atmosphere of voice yeah. and stuff, I love it. And I think that you you absolutely don't find that anywhere else in uh, techno, if not in some uh, labels that are like that. But in the same time, that you don't have a wide, yeah, well, uh, beautiful place where you yeah. can just check for the, that exact thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and 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 yeah. And and I listen to all of that. Maybe I don't. I hate the fact that it's a jungle all the time and the same bass. Sure, yeah, but yeah. but there is really nice things going on, mm-hmm. and I and I learn from mm-hmm. it. I mean, for me, the most uninspiring techno is techno that where you can tell the people only listen to techno. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's boring. I mean, it's yeah. not, I I don't know. Maybe it's a really bad thing to say, but um, maybe not. I think well, it's I'm just, just saying it's important it's to about diversify. Techno. It doesn't mean you have to be a badass DJ or have crazy taste, but maybe there's something in another genre like, well, I don't like the genre, but that would be fucking phenomenal in my music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. I think like that is really... I think this is why I like a lot techno. I think because um, techno is a... Oh, I like techno. Electronic music is a place where you can just really have... Um, uh, take and 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 listen to other things and then and get inspired by it, even by a simple effect of a guitar. Even though, for example, I don't like the guitar in general, uh, yeah. the sound of it. Yeah. But in the same time, I discover so many nice things with that you you take a, a, a reverb and, and you have a delay and you have a, an insane pad out of it. Totally, yeah. <laughs> and and you're like, whoa, actually, wait, actually, this can be really cool. For what I'm doing right now, because I need that kind of um, feeling to it. Exactly. And, um, and I know that many people don't even think like that. I personally, I don't care about what I have in front of me. I just think like I want to do a record that people gonna dance or maybe just listen, but has um, a certain uh, feeling into it. And this is why I try always to make something that I feel good with it, and it's different. This is why everybody mm-hmm. asks me why you make different things. I don't know. I just think that's uh, that that's um, part of me, right? Yeah, fair enough. So, what I said before is like you know you can't really go into the re- other releases you have for 2018, or it's too early. Yeah, but yeah. but as far as this year, is there a certain focus? Like last year was rave culture and what I would refer to as aggressive yeah. thing <laughs> yeah. and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, are you going to continue mm. that vibe? Are you on another tip right um, now, or what are you thinking? I think well. As we were speaking before about it, uh, I'm not a person that that stay on one line, on one level, on one color. 
uh, of palette. I like to 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 show a lot of aspect of uh, of, of of how I think the music uh, should you know should be in my uh, consideration. And when it comes out like to to this topic, I think like tech like for me the rave is always part of me because every time I go I go to really really good raves and they're like as party as and as um production everything and I think it's really beautiful to do that but um I'm not thinking like oh I'm going to a lot of raids so I will keep doing the rave thing mm-hmm. no I think I can do that because honestly I have a lot of uh, platforms so luckily I can actually do all of them and this right is on. my goal now nice. my goal is like trying to be always um hopefully uh in the game of uh, the rave or maybe not even only the rave but maybe just making something that is not rave and banging and pounding and energetic mm, but uh, rather maybe more musical and 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 something like that mm-hmm. so yeah there's like luckily there is a lot of platforms where I can play and um and I feel really honored and lucky to, awesome to that. yeah that's great i'm uh i gotta piss so we're gonna wrap <laughs> this up soon go please and i know you've been holding out you want some dinner it's it's 10 20 mm-hmm. so yeah. it's time to get some food yeah uh we got what you have going on i just had a record come out on uh parable which is the mm-hmm. label Beautiful with record. joel mull yeah. um that's four deep hypno tracks um good stuff it's not peak time shit, but listen, if you just want music you could put on at home or in the beginning of the night, middle of the night, whatever, like, I think it's yeah. really solid for that. It's a, it's a really useful... Event. Yeah, thank you. So yeah. that, that's what's up right now for me. I got other stuff coming that we're going to be talking about real soon on the show. Um, Podcast-wise, there's not much going on for me, DJ mixes-wise, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some shit soon. Got to do oh, it. You already have this going on so it's really a lot of work yeah but we're just talking shit on the microphone yeah like but it's you're work. talking it's about one work. thing and doing the dj sets that's two different games mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um aside from that uh remixes wise i got a remix soon coming out for mm-hmm. gabriella Vergalov on my mm-hmm. label um you know I, when it's coming out uh well let's see should be out as of when this show gets released, probably within the month. Perfect. Perhaps. <laughs> I not. didn't know I anything, know. but uh, perfect. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm thinking into the future here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Aside from that, uh, man, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Uh, I think we we really got a good insight today to you, uh, techno Hopefully, in yeah. 2018, as far yeah. as running a label, what to look for. I hope like they that. enjoyed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Did you have a good time? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, really good time. Yeah. Let's get some food, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Let's do this. Thank you.